Welcome to this alternative episode of Wayfinders, the podcast where we talk to different people, exploring how people and businesses get from where they are to where they want to be. The eagle listener will have worked out that I'm not Ian Harrison, I'm Andrew Kerwin, but today I'm hosting a conversation with Ian to find out more about his journey and the whole principle of wayfinding. Ian is a director and founder of Growhouse, and for the last 10 years or so, he's worked with individuals and business to navigate the challenges of growing a business. Ian, we'll dig into your own story a little bit more in a moment, if that's okay. But I wanted to start with the more recent. Um, Growhouse has recently launched this Wayfinder brand. Would you be happy to tell us a little bit more about wayfinding? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. Wayfinding is a term we took from landscape architecture, or to be more precise, it's a, it's a term I came up with and then discovered somebody else's story come up with it in the context of landscape architecture. In that context, it's about enabling people to move through a physical environment and then enhancing their understanding and experience of the space. So they have freedom to go where they want to go, but also the designer wants to make sure they know how to get there through the space. So if you imagine yourself stood in a public space, looking across the space, you can see various exits from that space. You can relatively quickly work out which exit you want to take, and you can relatively quickly identify a number of paths that will start to move you in that direction. So what was it that resonated for you about that? It was that piece about helping people to determine where they want to be. So I've always been really clear that what I'm not interested in is determining where people should go or even precisely how they should get there. I've no interest in being in control of another person's journey. My interest is walking alongside them, helping them make sense of where they want to go, helping them make sense of their current environment, how they're going to move through it and how they're going to identify the direction they're going to move in in the immediate future, even when we're doing training events. So that's definitely very clearly how we work and have always worked with people as individuals, but even with training events, I've never wanted to be the expert at the front. I have no interest in being the expert who's lauded for everything I know, possibly because I don't know as much as some people, other people, but also... uh, uh, a friend and I, some years ago, developed a phrase that we bounced around a lot together at the time, which was uh, that expertise is a tool, not a status. And when you bring your expertise into a, a space, into a, a group of people as a tool, it enables collaboration in a way that if you bring it as a status, you end up defending your position much more. You have to be right when it's a status. When it's a tool, it's a contribution, not something about you. And when I'm training, that's what I want to be doing. I want to be bringing information into the room, which may or may not be useful and be open to the fact that a group of people might go, yeah, that's interesting. But even now we've played with it. No, it doesn't really resonate. It doesn't work for us. And being able to say, okay, that's great. Here's another tool. And to approach training in that sort of conversational way, which is more about helping people navigate the information and find how to make it useful for them than it is about standing at the front telling them what they must or should or ought to do. I mean, in the end, you can buy books that will give you all the models and theories I know. And in that level, you don't need me at the front of a room. Where I hope I add value and have always added value is in that conversational piece that helps people 
or a group of people explore the information, explore the models and work out how they're going to use them. So it sounds to me that you're bringing quite a lot of your personality to wayfinding as an idea. I mean, I wonder, could you tell us a little bit more about how you came to be doing what you're doing? Yeah, I, I've always gravitated towards roles that support people to face life's challenges and to work out their values in practical ways. There was a moment when I was 20, I was at theological college, and I was sat watching in, in the congregation of a church. A, a friend had recently become a minister. And I, I watched him work. I watched him talk to people. And everything in me just wanted to do that. A year later, I was ordained into the church. And spent 18 years supporting people through life's challenges and working out their values in practical ways in the church. During that time, became interested in nurturing and training the next generation of leaders. And that opened some marvellous doors to work both in the UK and ultimately in the developing world. And then came a point where I knew I needed a career change, which that's a long story to get into. It was at that period I discovered coaching as a discipline. And it was it's like a lot of people who have been involved in leadership who first discover coaching. Often people will respond with, there's an extent to which I've always done this. This is about learning the discipline. And so I got myself some qualifications and set up my first business. And then three, four years ago, founded Grow House with my current business partner. And that's sort of how we end up where we are today. Was there a time when you knew where you wanted to be where you are today? So that almost depends on how you understand what that means by what, where I wanted to be today. I think I've always known I wanted to work in a way that brought the best out of people. So in that sense, if always is from somewhere in late teens onwards, I've always known I wanted to do that. In terms of wayfinding as a a specific and understanding that, I think it was when I set up my first business. And if I'm honest, I, I lost track of that a little bit. And it's come back into focus over the last few years. But that idea of walking alongside people as they navigate through the space in front of them to where they want to be, I think has always been there. And this idea of wayfinding has really pulled it together again for me. So I'm hearing a little bit there that you found wayfinding, but maybe wayfinding also found you. Yeah, I think so. Because I think the more we've developed the concept, the more we've spent time with it, the more it feels like me. Interesting. And you did make a very big change of direction there, didn't you? What was happening there when you came to start your first business? How did you go about doing that? Everyone has what could be described as away from motivations and towards motivations. And initially, I would say I've probably found the courage to start my first business out of quite a negative place. It was very definite and away from motivation. I'd been in the church since I was 21. I knew I needed a change. In the same way an awful lot of people experience when they go through career changes after a long career in a particular sector, I couldn't see how I could get employment elsewhere. I got to a point where I felt really stuck. And so it it became more about getting away from the dark place than going towards any defined success. I suppose I got to a point where I felt I needed to take control and starting my first business did that for me. On a more positive note, I wanted to find a context in which I can be me and for what I do to be a reflection of that. And as I said, I've always known that my best and happiest 
I'm walking alongside other people as they discover their potential and move themselves forward. So you've been walking with people through your life and clearly critical juncture was where you made that career change and left the church. Looking back, were there other key points in your journey which you would identify as sort of significant places on that journey to where you are today? As you said, that probably the most momentous is that moment of realising I needed to leave my work in the church because that's a career that you enter into assuming it's a lifelong thing. There was there was then a, a real point of doubt because I'd imbibed from my upbringing that people like me don't own businesses. That's not who we were. In fact, a member of my family actually said that to me when I first started thinking about starting a business. And I remember very distinctly being on a training day for the coaching qualification I did and thinking about starting my own business and this whole set of beliefs rushed in about people like me don't own businesses. And it was quite overwhelming for a moment. And I got home trying to work out what am I going to do about this? And I I think this is pretty typical me, actually. Within 24 hours, I was online setting up a company on company's house for £50 or whatever it cost at the time and printed off the paperwork and then said to myself, there you are, Ian. You can't say that anymore. You do own a business. The business then sat dormant for six months whilst I completed my training. But it had been that moment of, I'm not prepared to accept this belief. And the way to sort that out is to do something that proves it wrong. So spend 50 quid and start a business you sort of cemented a signpost in the ground there basically yeah if only it was that simple building a business some years later i got involved in a business with a friend called think share create which was all around collaboration and getting people to collaborate together up till then i'd worked as an associate on different projects but that was the the first time after having left the church where day by day i was part of a team and it really brought home to me that I'm at my best when I've got others with complementary skills and attitudes, personalities around me, and I can see how what I do fits in the jigsaw, as opposed to being the lone jigsaw piece that's constantly in search of a slot into which it fits. That realisation of wanting to work in a team has then expressed itself in the way we are shaping Grow House and the way we want it to go in the future. I think the most simple statement would be that the aim would be in the end to have a team around me whose skills and personalities complement my own because that's how I'm at my best. That's where I get most pleasure. So interesting sort of learning points along the way which perhaps you can look back on and see them for the signposts that they they were. So how did you actually come up with wayfinding? I mean, I was a little bit cheeky earlier in suggesting that it found you. I set myself a challenge when we first went into lockdown to look at what we did and try and find a way of describing it, which was honest about us. It wasn't just marketing, but it was also would serve that purpose of distinguishing us from other people who do similar things. And so we, we asked people we've worked with to describe our approach and what they valued about it, which was an interesting experience to sit on Zoom calls with clients and just put yourself on the line and say, you know, you've worked with us. Forget everything we've ever said. How would you describe our approach? And what have you got out of it, which has been valuable for you? And it brought me full circle. So it's really interesting. I think going back sort of 10 years when I left the church and started my first business, I think I set off with a pretty clear sense of myself, but not a lot of confidence because... Whilst I was doing stuff, I knew what I was doing and I knew I was good at it. I was in my first step into the business world. I'd worked in the charitable not-for-profit sector for 20 years. And and I think for a while, sort of allowed myself to be shifted around as I tried to 
win business and talk to people about what I did. Lots of well-meaning people who probably picked up on my lack of confidence began to give me very strong advice based on their opinions about what I should be doing and how I should be doing it and how I should be selling myself. And it was well-meaning because they had my best interests at heart. I'm sure of that. But it pushed me off in directions away from that original clarity. And to be fair, at times it helped me make money, but I lost the clarity on the way. I feel I need to pause there and say, I learned a lot through my wanderings. And so maybe if you'd have drawn a straight line from that original clarity to where I am today, maybe I'd have lost out a lot on some learning. But then in the last three or four years since starting Grow House, I think that confidence is there in what I do. And I've come full circle to really getting that clarity about what I do and how I work and where I add value. And so wayfinding just feels like me. It was really nice experience to talk to clients and have them feedback how they understand what we do and what I do and our approach and to hear words which resonated with my own sense of self. What I'm hearing there very clearly is that uh, meandering is fine, wandering is fine, you, you learn interesting stuff. But it sounds as though what you're saying very neatly is that it's good to be who you are. Don't try and be someone you think you're supposed to be. So we've talked around the idea of wayfinding, and we're perhaps doing a bit of it now in, in conversation. But I wonder, you know, if you could tell me more, what does wayfinding involve? We've identified seven steps to wayfinding. So first of all, it's about helping somebody define really clearly their destination. Being really clear, this is their journey. Only they can define the destination. In our industry, words like success get banded around a lot. But success means different things to different people. And it's not for somebody in my industry or anybody else to define success for somebody else. Only you can decide your destination. So first of all, get really clear. What's the destination that you're heading towards? And then almost it's about orientating yourself. So if you can describe to some extent where you want to get to, then first step in getting there is understanding where you are. So orient yourself in the in the space. And then to look and say, okay, so between where you are now and where you're next, what are the waypoints? What are the landmark places that you could head towards? And each time you reach one of them, you'll know you're that bit closer to your destination. And then there's a slight subtle difference between identifying waypoints and creating signposts. So signposts are about, are there key points along this journey? You already know there are decisions that are going to need to be made. What are those decisions? And can you now identify things that say, if when I get there, this is true, then I'll need to go that way. If when I get there, the other is true, then I'll need to go a different way. So create those signposts that when you get there, they're not shocks, they're not crises. You expected them and you can make those decisions at the right moment. You've got your landmarks in place, you can put your signposts in place. There are still any number of routes that are going to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Then it's about working with somebody to explore the potential routes that they can take and then narrow it down even further, focus on what's immediately in front of them. What's the first part of the path they're going to take? Look at those immediate choices, choose the path you're going to walk, and walk a path. And, and so those are the seven steps. Define your destination, know where you are, identify the waypoints, create signposts, explore the potential routes, focus on the immediate future, and choose your path. 
I notice that in telling that, you're listing in me a visualisation of walking on a journey. I suspect our listeners may well have experienced the same sort of thing, whether they've felt it or heard it. It does sound quite a lot like coaching. Are there subtle differences here or am I missing something? That's a fair observation. Coaching is an interesting word now, but if you go back to the 1980s, 1990s, when people like John Whitmore and Miles Downey were writing their books, then I think if you look at what they wrote about and wayfinding, wayfinding is just another way of describing what they were writing about. Since then, I think coaching skills have found a wide range of applications. The more I've focused on wayfinding, the more the clear this has become for me that a lot of people with a lot of different approaches are calling themselves coaches. And that's led to a lot of confusion. And actually, coaching is a skill set. It's a skill set that, you know, in the world of human and veterinary medicine, motivational interviewing is a use of coaching skills. Leaders, good leaders, use coaching skills. Good teachers use coaching skills. Good mentors use coaching skills. So those of us who coach could stand our ground and say, no, coaching is this very specific definition that goes back to those early days and the rest isn't coaching. The more I think about this, the less sure I am of that ground. So wayfinding in sense is coaching, but we're defining the context in which we use those coaching skills. So we are not there to teach you how to tell you how. Wayfinding describes our intent when you work with us. It's about your destination. It's about helping you orientate yourself. You create the waypoints. You create the signposts. Our job is to walk with you on that journey and to help it happen more smoothly, make observations on the way. We might spot stuff you haven't seen, but we won't point it out and then put therefore on the end of it. We'll point it out and say, okay, did you notice that? Does that make a difference? What difference does it make? I think the point you make about intent, you may have already touched on, I wonder, when, when you talked about coaching as a, as a tool, as a skill set, rather than a status. Yes. Yeah. And I think when performance coaching was new in the world of business, then there were few enough people calling themselves coaches and enough agreement as to what that meant, that it was meaningful. The more that skill set has gone out into the world and found its different applications, the more people are calling themselves coaches meaning different things and there comes a point where if you're not careful you spend all your time telling people what you're not and having to deal with their expectations based on previous people they've met who called themselves coaches and even in teaching coaching skills I became increasingly uncomfortable with phrases like no when you're coaching you wouldn't do that but what the the people were talking about were applications of coaching they were just much more directive applications of coaching And actually, it was a legitimate use of the skill. And I was defending a a title and a discipline, which is in the context in which I use coaching skills. So in your model of the seven steps, the first one was defining your destination. If we now throw ourselves forward, you know, looking forward from today, where's your next big destination? So we're getting ready to start a programme called A Great Place to Work. Interestingly, I'm, I'm in my own head I'm, and maybe a little bit in public now, I'm beginning to describe it as a group expedition. The idea being that we're going to get a number of businesses together who have an interest in making their businesses better places for people to work. 
I suspect if you worked in those places, you'd already think you had a good employer, but they recognize there's still room for improvement. And so there'll be a year long project where we work individually with each business, but also bring them together to share their learning from their journeys and hopefully cross-fertilize ideas. And that was all due to kick off in May and for obvious reasons didn't. But I think that's a good thing because that's giving us time to say to other businesses, look, there's this group expedition setting out in the near future. As soon as the circumstances of the world get to a point where it's the right and suitable thing to do, would you like to join us? I am really looking forward to that. You've heard in this conversation how much it means to me that my work is a reflection of me. So the idea of them working with people, working in other businesses, to help them help their employees get to a place where their work is fulfilling and satisfying because they know how to be themselves in it is it's just an exciting project. So that's what it'll be like. That's what it'll feel like to have reached that destination. Yes, I hope so. Now, I think as the architect of these podcasts, I've been told very clearly by you that uh, you'd like to finish with two questions. Um, and you've kindly provided me with these two questions. Uh, I have to say I like them a lot. So the first question is, looking back at your journey so far, what's the one thing that stands out to you most? I think this has come through over and over again in our conversation. Deep down, I knew myself and I knew how to express myself in business. What I needed was to find some ground on which I could confidently say, this is me and this is what I do. And that's what stands out, that intuitively right at the beginning I knew. Why didn't I take that position then? Because I don't think I had the ground on which I felt I could confidently stand. So finding that ground has been really important and to be able to stand. So that's what stands out. Find that ground where you can be you. That's lovely to hear. And the second and final question is, what one thing will keep you going as you move forward in your wayfinding group expedition? I suspect you could almost answer this question for me after this conversation. Just the pleasure of seeing people and their businesses prosper and grow. There's just so much pleasure and joy in that. Um, that's not to say at times it isn't challenging and difficult, but yeah, that's that's the one thing that will keep me going moving forward is, is just the pleasure and joy in accompanying people on their journeys. Wonderful. Ian, I must sincerely thank you for your time. It's been a real pleasure to hear more about your wayfinding journey, and I look forward to being part of a group expedition that finds its way into a healthy future. Thank you. Thank you very much, Andrew. If you've enjoyed this podcast and would like to learn more about wayfinding, please have a look at the materials that are available at growhouse-gp.com. Thank you.